you for joining the Adult Study Guide podcast. This quarter, we are studying the first 14 chapters of the book of Acts in a study entitled The Power of the Holy Spirit Through the Churches. During this study, we will observe how the Holy Spirit worked through the churches in Jerusalem to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. So, grab your copy of the Winter 2022-23 through 23 Adult Study Guide and your Bible and follow along. Today's lesson for January 8, 2023 is entitled, Persecution Reveals Holiness. It comes from Acts chapter 5, verses 17 through 20, verses 25 through 29. The key verse, Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. Acts chapter 5, verse 29. The application, The student will observe that holiness in worship, purpose, and practice by God's people will greatly impact a Christless community. Seeking the Context Satan is working overtime to destroy churches and stop the work of God. He will not be successful, but he can do great damage to churches in his efforts. He incites persecution of churches and Christians from the outside, as when the Jewish leaders came against Peter and John, arrested them, imprisoned them, threatened them, and commanded them not to preach or teach in the name of Jesus. Acts chapter 4 verses 1 through 18. Unsuccessful to stop the work of God in the Jerusalem church with persecution from the outside, Satan turned his attention to sabotage it from the inside. Sadly, he finds church members who are all too willing to be his means to wreak havoc inside churches. Ananias and Sapphira were one such couple. Motivated by Satan, Ananias and Sapphira lied to the Holy Spirit and lost their lives for it. Acts chapter 5 verses 3 through 10. Some might think that this was harsh punishment for what they think was a small sin, but Satan is a liar and the father of it. John chapter 8 verse 44. The Lord's churches are the pillar and ground of the truth. 1 Timothy 3.15. If not dealt with swiftly and decisively, this lie could have spread to more lies and the Jerusalem church could have lost its power to be the witness for the Lord. It was too much to let slide. God has called us to holiness. For God hath not called us to uncleanness, but into holiness, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 7. We are not saved by living holy lives, but we are saved to live holy lives. We cannot live sinless lives but we can live striving to sin less. This is what Peter meant when he wrote, But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16. God expects holiness from his children and his churches. The way the Lord dealt with the sin of Ananias and Sapphira brought great fear upon the Jerusalem church, Acts chapter 5, verse 11. Ideally, we should serve the Lord out of love and admiration for him, but often we must be reminded that God is not only the God of love, but also the God to be feared, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 28 and 29. God's judgment motivates us to holiness, and this is a good thing. 
God's judgment on Ananias and Sapphira also brought great attention to the Jerusalem church. Unbelievers were careful not to join with the Jerusalem church. Acts chapter 5 verse 13. Holiness by definition requires believers to be separated from unbelievers. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verses 14 through 18. But this does not mean that the Jerusalem church stopped witnessing to unbelievers because Acts 5.14 tells us, And believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women. The church's holiness did not separate the members to such a degree that it no longer had a witness in the community, but their holiness increased their witness in the community and attracted true believers to their assembly. How would you define holiness? Searching the text. Number one, persecuted again. Acts chapter 5, verses 17 and 18. Then the high priest rose up, and all they that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation, and laid their hands on the apostles, and put them in the common prison. Satan does not give up easily. He failed in Acts chapter 4 to stop the preaching of Jesus. He failed in the first part of Acts chapter 5 to spread lies in the Jerusalem church and destroy its witness. So he again provoked the Jewish leadership to persecute. Again, they rose up against the apostles for their preaching in the name of Jesus. Acts tells us that it was their being filled with indignation, verse 17, that motivated their uprising. The Greek word used here is the origin of our English word zeal. It was an important concept in Judaism and referred to religiously motivated rage. It was a zeal desiring to maintain the purity of the Jewish religion by any means necessary. It was this same zeal that motivated the Apostle Paul to persecute churches prior to his salvation. Philippians chapter 3 verse 6. Whereas these Jewish leaders thought they were fighting for the purity of God's religion, they were actually spoiling it and doing Satan's work. The high priest and his Sadducee cohorts also sought to protect their own power and privilege in society. Instead of seeking to keep God's honor, they were more interested in keeping their own honor. They were zealous to stay in power and keep control of the people, not to mention protect their income. So again, they arrested the apostles and put them in prison. This should lead us to ask ourselves the question, whose side are we on? It is the worst of all mistakes to think that we are serving the Lord when in fact we are serving Satan. We must be careful to seek the will of God and do it. Satan is so crafty that he can deceive us into thinking that doing his work is in reality doing the work of God. But I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtility, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. 2 Corinthians 11 verse 3. Can you think of a way that Satan seeks to deceive us into serving him? Number 2. Delivered again. Acts chapter 5 verse 19 and 20 and verse 25. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison door and brought them forth and said, Go and stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. Then came one and told them, saying, 
Behold, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. As hard as Satan is working to deceive and destroy the Lord's work, he is fighting a losing battle. He might win on the short term, but God wins in the end. Those who are on the Lord's side also win. Easier than the apprehension of the apostles was release. Interestingly, the Sadducees did not believe in miracles or angels, and it was both a miracle and an angel that released the apostles from prison. Although the prison door was secure and the guards remained posted outside, the prisoners were absent. Acts chapter 5 verses 23 and 24. Can you imagine the expression on these leaders' faces when they learned that? The harder they tried, the more often they lost and the more successful the spread of the gospel became. It should have given them a clue that they were fighting against the Lord. The great teacher Gamaliel told them as much in Acts chapter 5 verses 34 through 39. God had sent these Jewish leaders many signs accompanying the powerful preaching of the gospel. Once again, they were confronted with the unexplainable and overwhelming evidence of God in the miraculous release of the apostles. But like many today, they rejected the truth in the face of overwhelming evidence. But one thing was for sure, they were convicted. Verse 33. The word of God convicts even those who reject and attack it. In truth, the conviction of the word often prompts people to reject and attack it. When we are rejected, ridiculed, and maybe even abused for speaking the word of God, we should not take it personally. They're, they are not attacking us. They are fighting against the conviction of their own heart. Pray that they would submit to the Lord and be saved. In spite of the persecution, the Lord's command for the apostles and the Jerusalem church had not changed. They were to be witnesses and they were commanded, go, stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. Verse 20. Nothing can stop the preaching of the gospel when God's people are committed to do it and the apostles and the Jerusalem church were committed. How have you experienced God's deliverance in the face of persecution. Number three, before the council, again, Acts chapter 5, verses 26 through 29. Then went the captain with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people lest they should have been stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, Did not we straightly command you that ye should not teach in this name? And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine, and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. Peter and the other apostles were brought before the Sanhedrin to be told once again that they must not teach in the name of Jesus. It not, did not stop them before, and it would not stop them this time. Peter and John responded in Acts chapter 4 verse 19, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. There is nothing wrong with what they said here, but it is a bit open-ended. What Peter and the other apostles said in Acts chapter 5 verse 29 is much more direct. We ought to obey God 
rather than men. There is no question what they meant here and whom they intended to obey. I find in this comparison that the apostles' confidence and courage grew between Acts 4 and 5. And I think the reason is the experience. When we experience God's protection and deliverance, it gives us more courage and confidence the next time we face troubles. If in God's grace we survive one season of trouble, we are assured that God's grace will see us through the next, and the next, and the next. This is how trials grow our faith. Romans chapter 5 verses 3 and 4. Not only did their faith grow, but the persecution against them grew also. In Acts 4, they were threatened and commanded not to speak in the name of Jesus, verses 18 and 21. In Acts 5, they were beaten and commanded not to speak in the name of Jesus, verse 40. But the apostles and the Jerusalem church did not allow increased persecution to break their obedience to the Lord. Instead, they rejoiced that they had been counted worthy to suffer shame for the name of Jesus, and they kept on preaching. And daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 5 verse 42. May we have the same courageous faith that nothing this side of death can quiet our committed witness for the Lord. What do you think it takes to have the kind of courageous faith that no amount of suffering can sway you from obeying the Lord. Setting the application. Churches are to be the places of holiness. Now this does not mean that churches are places without sin because if we say that we have not sinned, we make him, God, a liar and his word is not in us. 1 John chapter 1 verse 10. We are to be a people who seeks to seek to live like Christ. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no provisions for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Romans chapter 13 verse 14. Whether this be living in accordance with biblically moral standards or suffering because we try to do so, our holiness produces a powerful witness for the Lord. Holiness is essential for effective witnessing among many churches and so-called churches there is little emphasis placed on holiness this could be one reason why the gospel witness is so weak in our world those who do emphasize holiness are often criticized and called hypocrites legalists and Pharisees hypocrisy is pretending to be holy when you are not saying that you must live a good life to be saved is legalism being a Pharisee is the combination of the two. Saying that God expects saved people to live holy lives is biblical. Often it has been said that the lives we live are the only Bible some people will ever read. This is correct, and living holy lives attract these people to the holy God where they can find eternal life. It is a small price with great dividends to live holy lives in our unholy world so that we can be effective witnesses for the Lord. How might your life lived in holiness bring someone to salvation? Thank you for joining us in another lesson in the Adult Study Guide podcast. We look forward to studying with you again next week as we continue going through Acts 1-14. through 14. 
observing the power of the Holy Spirit through the churches. Until then, join us daily for our daily devotionals at www.bogardpress.org.